Hello, hello, hello out there. It's your favorite friend, Asian K. And welcome to episode 22, I believe, of my podcast, Imperfectly Perfect, the podcast. And that is a mouthful. <laughs> I understand that, but I just wanted to you know, get on here real quick, and this is my first live, so I'm hoping that, you know, uh, you enjoy it, it's not going to be too long, but um, I wanted to share with you my own struggle with uh, mental health, and it hasn't been the hardest thing in the world for me um but I did need help and when I say I did need help um it was more than just you know prayers and 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 talking to the preacher and talking to your mom or your dad and getting everything settled it was more of I needed someone to talk to so for those who don't know, I have my master's in social work, and one of the things I never will forget is when I walked into my orientation, first day of orientation, first thing they said, welcome to Blah Blah University, and um, you all are bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and ready to do the work, but I just want to let you know, this work is hard, and eventually, you're going to need someone to talk to, and that is okay. So when I was told that, I was not sure what they were talking about, because I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm stable, because this is what we do. This is what we see. This is what we feel. So I am stable. So I don't need anyone to basically call, talk to me and all this other stuff. But um, I found out through the three years that I was doing my degree, I wasn't that stable. And it took me a minute to just realize and, and contemplate that I was not stable. So it actually started when I got um, sexually harassed by a, a colleague in another agency. And um, <clears throat> I didn't know how to handle it because he came on really pressureful. I went to his superiors and to tell you the truth, nothing really happened to him. But it affected me. So I, I, for six months, I was doing um, online therapy. And it was working until my medical insurance didn't cover it anymore. And um, I would have to get something out of pocket. And it was very difficult for me after that. But even after that, I was like, Oh, I'm okay. I don't need any kind of anything. I am good. 
And I kept saying that to myself. And truthfully, I wasn't good. Truthfully, I needed help. So after I graduated um, with my master's and several jobs later, well, not even several, one job later, I found myself at a company where the director was a bully and I felt alone and it was the worst feeling in my life because I was literally alone. I didn't have the support that most people have that they could run and talk to friends or family. Um, I had gotten to the point in my life where I had really isolated myself. And when I isolated myself, the thoughts started. You know, the, the contemplation of, oh, I'm not worthy enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. And when it started, it just, whew, it came down like a landslide to the point where I wasn't sleeping and I won't lie at one point I did contemplate suicide because I did not feel like I was worthy of this world and though I did not have no plans it's the idea that crept into my head that scared me the most. And being that I worked in social work for so many years, I'm, I'm going on year 14 or 15. No, I'm going year, starting in 2010, so I'm going into year 13 next year in April. I know what it feels like to be in despair. I've seen it. I've seen it in clients. I've seen it in parents. I've seen it in children. I always put myself on a higher level saying that I will never feel that despair. And here I am, middle of the night, sitting in my bed, looking around my apartment, and I felt that despair. I felt that sadness. I felt like I should not be here. And it was such a strong feeling that the next morning, I found me another therapist. And I've been working with my therapist. For two years. And um, I'll say that the pandemic helped me go to that realization that I needed to speak to somebody. I needed to basically be with somebody who understands what's going on in my life. And it took, it didn't take that much for me to open up. And once I opened up, I was like a faucet. I cried. I I let down my shield and let down the armor. And 
believe it or not, there is a lot more work to be done because this is not something that you stop and start and stop and start. So I am working with the same therapist and he has been, I'm not going to lie, a lifesaver for me because even though I contemplated that thought, I never had a plan. I never had an idea that I wanted to do that. And I had to sit down and I had to really think about all the positive things I have done in my life that has been a blessing to people. And my work is like a ministry. It's like I help people and it gives me purpose. But when your cup is empty, how can you give to others? And that's where I was. And at times, I feel like I'm there all the time. But truthfully, I'm not. I'm very strong and I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things contribute to the world. But even then, I felt like I could not think of how I'm going to do this, how I'm going to handle this. And um, thank you for the compliment, Crazy Cycle. I see you. Uh, But it's hard. And life is hard. And it's supposed to be hard. And, well, let me take that back. Life is not hard. (laughs) Life is difficult with obstacles. Nothing is perfect. The road is always going to need to be repaved. The road is always going to be need to be traveled. So um, what we have to do is learn how to travel it. Now, if you don't have a a guide or someone in your corner to pump you to travel that road you know you got to figure out how you're going to do it so that can weigh on your mental health and that can weigh on how you handle things so the, the question is how do you manage and being a black woman Growing up, you know, we didn't tell our problems to to strangers unless they were a minister. And even then, a minister is not licensed to give you the best advice or even look for your, your best interests. So I found me a therapist. And my therapist has been working with me not only to build my self-esteem back up because I, after that job that I had, she, that boss, really tore me down. And I am steadily seeing changes and, I, and often I blame him. I go, this is, I feel this way because it's your fault. But really, I feel this way because I'm here. I feel this way because I need to feel this way 
and being a uh, a therapist it uh, being with a therapist is great and it looks like i got a caller which is surprising me um hold on um if you could call back in crazy cycle um i missed your invite so if you could call back in it would be great um but if you want to if guys want if you guys want to share how you're handling your mental health and want to talk about it for a second we can talk about it i'm good with it but uh i i just felt like may 31st was the perfect day to just share my mental health status um like most humans i'm broken i'm not perfect but i am here i am working on it i am repaving the road behind me and struggling up the road in front of me and like most people we have to do what we need to do to handle that um okay i have a caller hold on <laughs> hello there <laughs> how are you thank you for calling in oh very great amazing it's a good morning um i, I just wanted to be like jump in and just i am i'm not kidding um everything you're saying 100 percent. i love it it's amazing uh, everything that everything that you're saying like about how you're fixing everything and repaving it i just want to understand more and ask questions to to further the understanding how you got there so but keep Please continue. Well, ask your questions. We can work it out that way. So what's your first question? Um, man, during the pandemic, during the, you know, what, what, of course, something gave you a push, something gave you a nudge. What was it besides, besides the pandemic, you know? So it, it, it's like saying, even if there wasn't a pandemic, something encouraged you to push what happened well uh what was the life um you know energy well i can say in the beginning um i had taken a new job and i had a a very 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 demanding supervisor who Mm, hired me to do a job but i couldn't do the job unless it was her way and it was kind of difficult for me to understand what was her way and doing that. Yeah. And then I had just, I would say I was probably six months into the job. Not only did I have to have major surgery on my ankle, which blew my mind. We get hit with the pandemic that February. So literally, I was only eight months in the job. And um, I I live alone, so I 
used to go out and hang out with people, even if it wasn't friends. I, I know how to make friends anyway. So that was the good part about that. Yeah. But then you're telling me I have to stay in my house. And that just blows my mind. And when you're, when I'm, I'm just going to speak about myself. If you're a social person and you have to deal with isolation, there is a whole different method on handling. And it's sad. It's very, very sad. And people are talking about how this pandemic is affecting the children. I'm a grown adult. Let's think about how it's affecting me as an adult who is so used to going out and doing things and stuff like that. And you have me, quote unquote, hostage in my house for several months. So I could just picture how the people overseas in China are feeling right now because they're going through what, their second or third isolation. So I can, I it's probably their fourth. I can understand where they're coming from. So when my time came where I needed to just figure out what, how I was thinking, how I was doing it, I couldn't sleep. I was like, okay, I gotta find me someone to talk to. And it had to be someone who is not in my regular life. You know, because when you talk to your friends, they're gonna tell you what you wanna hear. If you talk to your pastor, he's gonna tell you what the, what quote unquote the pa- the church and the Bible wants you wants the, wants to say? I needed someone who was going to be unbiased and just be real with me and call me on my shit. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> just call me on my shit. And um, I I, I love. And that. when I <laughs> walked in there and I had like three sessions with this man and he sat down there and said, okay. Not in these words, but I'm going to use these words. Okay, quit the bullshit. I see through your bullshit. Let's let's really get down and dirty and talk. <laughs> yeah. And when I got to that point, and when he was like, I see you, and I see through your bullshit, I see you. Um, I'm not going to lie, I just said okay. Oh, because, <laughs> let me ask you. Let me ask you this: Was this man younger, or was he an el more elderly? I said we are around about the same age. Around the same yeah, age. Yeah, I'm in my forties. He is forty. Okay. So. Okay. He, okay. Okay. So, you guys are inside the gold. You guys are in the golden. And let me tell you this: I am uh, lying. Uh, me and my wife had a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always, I always prefer the elder. Really? Like, oh, somebody older than us, you know, because if you get somebody that's within your range or younger, mm-hmm. they're just gonna tell you the complete, exact, like, ex- exactly what you just said, something that you wanted to hear, and you're like, oh, I don't want to hear that. Yeah, but the thing <laughs> is, um, it also goes by, and I, and, and, I could tell you my selection process with him. Um, I went to yeah. an online therapy site and they gave me a selection of three people. And 
I said in my head, I want someone who is of a different culture of me, of a different sex, mm-hmm. and who can handle yeah. not only what is going on with me with this job that I'm about to leave, but will be able yeah. to just help me navigate what is going through my head. And um there was two women and a man. I picked the man because and I told him this so he knows why I picked him. I picked the man not only based on his qualifications, that he was just totally different from me. I'm African American, he's Jewish, white Jewish. Um mm. It helps that I'm already in the field and he understands what the the issues are that play people who are in the field and how to just decompress of those situations. And then, and then he, his, a lot of his work is with people who are dealing with, um, relationships and, internal strife and things of that nature and that's the bulk of his practice so when I spoke to him and I said listen it's going to be and I I told him don't take it easy on me please don't take it easy on me first session that's that's really good of you I said we are both in the field so you probably know I probably know how to uh, divert everything and change it and Make it look like hunky dory. And he's like, yep, because that's skill they teach us in social work school. But I said to him, point blank, um, I don't want you to take it easy on me. If you feel at any time during our sessions that I am going in a direction that is not conclusive to what I am here for, call me out. I said, that's the only thing I asked of you. I really do feel that if you do the social contracting with your therapist and tell them, listen, I know I got issues, but I want you not to take it easy on me. I want you to put the hard stuff on me so that I can find a way out. So I can understand what's going on in my head and make sure that it's the uh appropriate thing for me and he did that and that's what I needed I think from my two experiences with the two therapists the one thing I did not do with my first therapist was tell her don't take it easy on me Mm, gotcha and gotcha that had everything that you just said um when you you asked them and you told them hey i don't want you to uh put any sh- you know sprinkles on top of this ice cream Mm-mm. no i want my i want my ice cream to melt exactly <laughs> please, please be real because yeah. uh, when the sun is out <laughs> it melts shit. exactly <laughs> and that's one of the things and I, that a lot of people it. don't understand you have to do that so that you can feel. You, you, you do. You do. And those are the people that you, you actually, I, I'm not even kidding. Uh, I actually kept that as a moral statement and, well, in, yeah, state of my mind and my mentality. I want to hang out with people that are more real than ever. Mm-hmm. Like that will hang out with me 
even though they know I'm clinically unstable, <laughs> but everybody's unstable. Yes. You know, we're so all it's on like a different that, level and that's, of unstability. Yes, and exactly. That, um, <laughs> that's the normal. See, that's what I'm. That's like. the normal. Yes. And that's right. That's and, right. Um, <laughs> that's. What, it's just that my normal is different than your normal. That's all. Yeah. That's the only difference. Yeah. The only difference. Exactly, and and then that's the that's the cool culture break. It's like that's what I ain't lying. I'm pretty sure in that point of mind that you had that it pretty much said kill your culture, start something yes. new. Yeah, <laughs> you did. And and it's it's been and I tell you know it's, it's to the point where I tell people I'm like yeah I speak to my therapist once a week we're good. And they just look at me and they just say, okay, are you crazy? I'm like, no, I'm not crazy. I'm just dealing. To you, to you maybe. Maybe, but not not me. me, You know, because, you know, and then you get with some people like, oh, you got diagnosis if you're talking to a therapist. Not necessarily. You don't have to have a diagnosis to talk to a therapist. You just got to have a life. Exactly. You know? That's that's that, that's and that, I'm not kidding. Kidding. That's that's the reason why I listen to uh uh the blues because I uh, I got soul. Yeah, you gotta have soul. And, I, I, I mean, I, you gotta have soul when you listen to that blues. Exactly. And I'm just like, I yeah. mean, a lot of people are like, well, you had quote unquote the perfect life growing up. I said, no, I didn't. There's been things that happened in my life that just got swept under the rug or I was not exactly. privy to that information and here I am 40 something finding out stuff that happened in my childhood with family members that I was like what when did that happen yeah yeah hey, adding on top of that you, 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 here, I gotta tell you something. When you just said that, I'll be like, you, you lived a good life. Let, let, let me, let me, let me add on that. I, I know somebody, I worked with him. His name's Chris. He's a cool guy. And I'm gonna say his name because he wouldn't mind. Uh, you know, cause he's a cool guy. I'm not kidding. I'm out with him and everything. Chris, he was an only child. You know, still is, still is, till this day. Like when he was 24, that's when I I met him. I was 27, he was 24. He believed that he didn't have to work because his family was wealthy. And he was working at UPS with me. Uh, You know, we still work there. And he was just like, yo, I I believed that I I don't have to work, man. Like my family got, like we got it all. And I was like, oh, okay, the perfect life. And I looked at him and I was like, I was like, but it's not so perfect, is it, dude? <laughs> he was like, no, they told me to go to work. <laughs> Started laughing. And because it, it kind of, you know, gets to the point. Uh, okay. In his mind, he thinks his culture is just sitting there and he, he'll get money because like he was thinking like a child his whole life because he was the only child. He was getting everything. So I was like, man, 
you think you got it all until your parents kind of give you the boot. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as so, a kid, they tell us, oh, this is ours. But once you get old enough to work, they'd be like, this is mine. <laughs> so yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's a funny dynamic of families. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to yeah. eventually do a live about families. And, uh, yeah, this is my yeah. very first live and you're my very first, um, very first speaker on a live. So I thank you very much for joining me. Um, and listening. You're welcome. Um, and thank you. Thank, well, this, I, I've been sitting on this subject for a month and I should have done it on the first or the second, but, um, I didn't, I, I didn't feel bold <laughs> enough to do it until now. So, um, I want to oh, thank you for yeah. sharing. You know, I mean, we're not, we're not, the, the main thing about it is, we all need someone to talk to. We all need someone who is knowledgeable in things other than ourselves. And exactly. I feel that that's what therapy is all about. And to maintain, that's exactly what and it is. to maintain good mental health, you have to be able to mm-hmm. exercise that mental health. And that includes talking to a therapist, talking to Maybe your thing is the preacher. I, I personally, being a preacher's kid, don't think that is very feasible because I've seen the dynamics of why certain advice is given. But um, I like talking to someone who is educated enough, who is licensed. Let's throw that out there to give me the proper advice or give me the proper sounding words. And, um, understood. Understood. And I feel like everybody needs that in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let me get, uh, let me like re, like understand again because my ADHD kind of kicked okay. in. You said, uh, licensed or unlicensed? Licensed. Listen to someone licensed. Licensed? Yeah. Oh, oh. Okay. Well, the, the well, reason um, why I say licensed is because they're not going to tell you something they're not supposed to anyway. Not going to tell you something that benefits them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because exactly. Um, their license to be revoked. I've copied. You know, yeah, yeah, but if you talk to yeah. somebody who is licensed, they're not, I mean, unlicensed, there's a good possibility they're going to give you advice that will benefit them or the situation that they're in yes no that's uh, that's 120 percent true um you know there are sometimes i that uh how should i say um because i come from the same almost from the same line of like family from like from yours but like my dad's not a pastor mm-hmm. my dad's really my dad's a detective Ooh, even worse so, go ahead <laughs> yeah so that that hot yeah that was like the high life right mm-hmm. there like and uh my dad of, of course my dad already knew because you know, i was bo- i was born with adhd mm-hmm. they found out when i was like four 
I and I had like all these problems. I had like vision and hit, like actually mainly just vision, and so it's like I had so many surgeries for my eyes and uh and my and my pretty much my bodily functions and, and that everything. trauma right there calls for someone that is a therapist to help you. Uh, go ahead, continue. I'm oh, sorry well, to uh, interrupt. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, exactly. I didn't really get a therapist or when mm-hmm. I was young. I had like an ADHD therapist. That, that's about it. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, and you know, they were, they were of course doing the drug dosing. Um, and then they later on found out, like my parents found out, they got a book. They found out, oh my god, we don't have to give our child uh, you know, these stupid drugs. And then my mom, my mom was like, hey, Kyle, do you want to stay on the Ritalin? She actually asked me. I was like, seven, eight. And I was like, no, I want to get off. <laughs> Please get me off these. My mom was like, okay. And they went by this book and it's an old book from like, it's an old book from the, I would say the early nineties or yeah, early nineties. Like they got it in 95. And it literally, literally taught the disciplining and raising of an ADHD child. Um, but look at my mom and dad was, weren't really around that much. They were working, you know, cause that was the hard, that's the mom and dad life were to provide. Mm-hmm. So, so in that, I really had my siblings take my, yeah, my brothers and sisters trying to take care of me, but. You know, they had their friends and they didn't re- really hang out with me. All I did was run around because of my hyperactivity. I did different things because <laughs> of my ADHD. And I really sat there watching Looney Tunes more, Looney Tunes and cartoons more than anything else. But in that, I would, I would actually intake certain things that happened to me in my life from that cartoon. And I'm like, man. This cartoon kind of says what I'm doing. Like, how should I say? I list, I, I watched a lot of, uh, Batman when I was young. Me and my brother, we wake up at like six, six o'clock early in the morning. <laughs> kind of pissed off my dad, but <laughs> we wake up because we didn't want to miss an episode of Batman. And, um, the Joker, said it the joker said it that's why you know of course that's my 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 villain fan i'm a fan of him but he 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 had some words that kind of that were positive not negative it was positive what he said it was it was everything that hurts you and you could pick yourself right back up means it's gonna happen again but you could keep going (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness. I love that quote. Like I did. I loved, I loved it. And like it was these cartoons, bits and pieces mm-hmm. that were positive that I would pick up. Well, for me, it was music. Me- I, I, listen, I'm a huge cartoon fan. I still watch cartoons to this day, which a lot of people are like, you're old. Stop watching cartoons, but. You know, sometimes cartoons <laughs> get you better than anything else. But for me, it was it was music. Yes, so um, there was this song that um, my father used to love to hear in church. And 
because it spoke to him and his life. And mm-hmm. he, I didn't yeah. get it until after he passed away and, and things started happening to me. He, it, the song, used to, the lyrics used to say, we fall down, but we get right back up. And yeah. um, my father loved that song and he used to say, you know, there's going to be trials and tribulations. And he, he basically broke it down to me. And I was like eight. Yeah. And he was like, there's going to be trials and tribulations in your life that will cause you to fall. And, but you got to be strong enough to get back up. And I didn't, I haven't yeah. thought about that, that, that conversation until you mentioned Batman and the Joker. And it's basically <laughs> the same thing, you know? We fall down mm-hmm. because of our trials and tribulations and we get back up. And yeah. what the mental part people don't get and it's never said, but sometimes we need to get back up with help. Yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's how it is. So. Yeah. I I think it I think it's very interesting that you brought that up. <laughs> well, well, you know, to add on to that, though, I'm pretty sure it'll intrigue you more because it intrigued me because he adds on to the quote. What does he say after that? He goes, "Well, he, yeah, well, he goes, well, well, now, Batman, now me and you know each other. That's why we have to create different tools to handle each other." Wow. So it's pretty much, yeah. I was like, man, that's genius. <laughs> like, I was a little kid. But you know. And I was like, man, I'm going to grow up to be like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Keep if going. you go on YouTube and you look up the Joker, there is tons of videos of the Joker and talk about his theories and his philosophy. And they, there are people who actually break down everything that he says and uh it's a rabbit hole that you might want to climb into but i don't know if you're gonna climb back out no 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 i've uh how should i say my instability to understand the joker i already know how he i already know how he ticks Mm -hmm. um that's kind of my thing that's why like i'm not a great fan like a high hardcore fan but our like poetically and like men- mentality wise, I already know how he ticks. And uh yeah, that rabbit hole, I don't even need to go down it because I'm, how should I say? I'm li- I'm living it and it's always to be 15 steps ahead mm-hmm. of everybody. But it's, but, Except my significant other, because I'm not in competition with my significant exactly. other. So, so yeah, so I kind of put that in my mentality. So yeah, kind of yeah, that helped me out. Like in my marriage, I was like, I don't need to. I'm not in competition with you. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> yeah, well, so it, I don't yeah. think anybody's really in competition with their mate, but if you are, then you married the wrong person. <laughs> That's what I feel. No, like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's how I feel on some people. But getting back on the other yeah. thing. Yeah. What other questions um, did you the, have? The joke is crazy. Oh, oh. Um, okay. 
I ain't lying. That was beautiful. I loved it. That was a beautiful conversation. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank um, you. Thank you for participating and sharing. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, on, uh, on that, um, uh, so you said that's your, uh, line of work, right? Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. you do? Okay, uh, like, yeah, you're also a psychologist? No, I am a social worker. Oh, okay, social worker, but it kind of constitutes in the same. Yeah, we still right? deal with mental health, we just got different roles. That's all. Got it. Got it. Different jurisdictions. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's amazing. And you were talking about your boss, right? Uh, uh, like how that, that your boss wanted it done her way. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, uh, my mother and father always told me, okay, go, like, oh, go ahead. Listen to your boss. Don't worry about it if you're slow or, or at what, you know, they're expecting of you. Um, my mom always told me, kill it, kill them with kindness. She, you know, if you're, if you're making mistakes, but you keep, tr- you keep, you keep going, just say that's the best you got. Uh, that, that's the best you could do for, for now, but you'll get better. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. So like, that's what the, uh, you know, speaking the boss's language. I was like, oh, like it, that, it, it didn't click in my mind until that, until that, you know, further in my life, I started using that. I was like, well, boss, this is the best I could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll get better though tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I tried that yeah. with her. She, um, would not accept it. <laughs> so does me. She made, she, no, understand. She sat down there and was like, <laughs> oh no, you're going to do it my way. And, she, she's, she's still in the position that she's in, and still at the yeah. agency. And the executive director always wonders why people keep leaving. We're offering them top dollar. I mean, I was paid very well at that position for almost a year, and um, <laughs> I left because of her. And after I left, so yeah. many people followed behind me. Is you know, with I did it for my own mental health because I could see myself snapping and beating her ass to the ground. Let's, I'm just gonna be real. Yeah, and yeah. I, I was at the point where I was like, if I beat her behind to the point of death, her children will have a mother, and I'll be in jail. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I got a whole, oh, I got a, yeah, I got a whole lot of life to live. So it's better for me to leave this job because there's other jobs in the sea. Oh. Maybe not as much, oh, yeah. but oh, yeah. you know, do what you got to do. But you know, that, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. That played on my mental health as well. So being with the therapist, you know what? Yeah, uh, um, I, I learned uh, in the forestry, like. Mm-hmm. Because forestry is has to deal with fire. That's why there's like fire in the background mm-hmm. of my type, like my thing. Okay. Um, it also resembles my soul. Like I'm a lit fire. I will always stay lit. Um, besides that, uh, yeah, I learned that communication was key in every field. Every field. 
so I used, I used, I had a supervisor that was exactly how you just said it. They, they wanted it their way. So what I started doing was I started doing the communication game in front of his boss. I went, hey, you, hey, you want to know the number one safety rule? Like in all of the U.S. and what prevents people from getting hurt. Well, you know, it's a safety. And he's like, and, uh, you know, he's a manager. He's a manager. He should know this. He's like, no, I don't know. And I was like, oh, well, it's communication. And if you do it right, nothing will go wrong. And all of the supervisors, all of his soups were like, where, how do you know that? I was like, I was in the forestry service and, you know, I just like pretty much show voted, but in a kind way. And I was like, you you know, you know, if you talk to people nicely, you know, things will get done better. I was like, you're always mean to people. You're always, you're like pushing, you're, you push to shove. And you should never do that because if you push to shove, some people are not built the same way as you are. You want them to be, but it's never going to happen because that person is built different. So I'm telling you now, if you keep this up, you're going to watch all the tre- all the trees come down. And, and uh, the, he got so mad at me. So he just... Yeah, it came at only after me. So I, I literally lit the fire underneath him in front of all of his super his superiors. And I called corporate right away. I was like, he couldn't handle the heat. I just told him one thing. I just told him to be nice. And he's not, he's not a nice guy. And then corporate was on my side. And they went after him. That's good. On my case, yeah. that uh, wasn't good. I, I complained to HR like twice before I left. And then when I left, I left a oh. four-page letter of everything. I didn't even realize I wrote it. Oh, yeah. And they were like, oh, we'll present it to the executive director. I said, I really don't care if you do present it to the executive director. I just want to yeah, yeah. put in her record that she is this type of person and whatever. So... Yeah, she's uh that person that that you were dealing with. I'm not kidding. She was a narcissist mm-hmm. and was not raised the right way. <laughs> well, and yeah, and you can see how she how she treats because this was during the pandemic. I'm Zoom calls. I mean, we had Zoom calls from nine a.m. to five o'clock, and we didn't even yeah. have time to take a bathroom break or either eat. So I was always in yeah. the room call. And one um one day she was like, Oh you're you're stalling you you're over time because now my son needs the the um internet for his uh drumming lesson. I said, Okay. And then she had spoken to her son in such a derogatory way and I was like, Ah, so you don't show that you're a mother, you don't show no motherly whatever to your own kids. And and this was something yeah. that she did repeatedly and I was like, wow. Talking about kids that are going to have trauma. Oh my lord. And and I just was like, oh lord, this is not good. 
this is not good. So she's like forcing her child pretty much she, the way like she going talks, to border so school. Basically, the way she talks to her employees is exactly how she talks to her children. Her children. So yeah, exactly. Uh, I I I'm not even kidding. I was thinking what you were thinking right now. I was like. Oh my goodness, this is not good. No, it's not. Uh, let's take this to CPS. Yeah. And, and the funny <laughs> thing about it is, we work with CPS. <laughs> oh God, that that is funny. I I, I would have done it right there. You know? <laughs> I'd have been like, "Wait, ma'am, wait a minute. What did you just do to your child?" We, we, Did you just scold we, him? Setting CPS. <laughs> I mean, there, there, that is a, a whole different conversation for a whole different day. <laughs> I know. I know. But I wanna, I know. I, it I, is. I, I, we'll, we'll do that next Yeah, we'll week. do that another week. <laughs> I want to thank everybody who has joined us. Um, I see you and I appreciate you. This is my first live. Um, I want to thank Crazy Cycle for sharing. This was a wonderful conversation. <laughs> but we have been on here almost an hour. And um, I want to bring this conversation to an end and also invite you to subscribe to the Imperfectly Perfect, the podcast. I am trying to do these uh, lives more often <laughs> and do more um, podcasts. And th- like I Can't said, listen. this is my first time and I, and I'm appreciating the love right now. So thank you all for joining. Please don't forget to subscribe and, um, crazy cycle. Thank you. I want, I thank you for having no me. No problem. Everybody, please stay safe. And if you need to seek mental health care, there is no shame in it. Just do it. Thank you all. Oh, what was it? One more question. You want my info? <laughs> <laughs> so if you can do this next week, every Monday I'm free. Just, we can do just this. Just subscribe. Just subscribe and I'll find you, okay? Gotcha. I already subscribed. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Have a good night. Well, good day, everybody. You too. All right. You too. Let me hang up. Okay, bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay.